Greetings, fair fair weather friends. (laughs) Uh, Salutations, fair faucet. (laughs) Greetings and salutations, Kate Jackson. (laughs) Kate, oh, okay, got. I see, I see. Just yeah, go with me. Got it, got it. Go with me. Um, you, I don't remember anyone else on that show. Bosley, you are Bosley. Hello, Bosley (laughs) for hair. Isn't that a thing, Bosley? Hair plugs or something. Bosley's anyway, Hair Club for Men. Welcome to Three Funny Ladies. That's, That's Joe Paley. <laughs> that is Susan Jacobs. <laughs> and we're here again. Oh God. <laughs> so back from our uh, our first try at the Wee Pod. Our first try at the weed. Our uh, yeah, we tried weed last week <laughs> and uh, recorded. Could you tell the difference? <laughs> Uh, our numbers were pretty good, so thanks for tuning in, you guys. Nice, nice, nice. I think it was the weed. You never know uh, how it's going to be when you try something new, but weed always helps. That's true. So true. Uh, you know what I hate? I hate when people call it the devil's lettuce. Stupid. <laughs> no, because I would think that that would be uh, romaine. I think that would be cilantro. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, is that lettuce? I don't Are we know. calling that lettuce? You know what's lettuce that I always think is cheese? What cheddar? That is cheese. You um, I'm just gonna have a cheddar. That's the exact same way. I'm gonna have a cheddar salad. Oh wait, is that the cheese or the lettuce? <laughs> cheddar salad. <laughs> no arugula. Oh, that's a okay. lettuce. It. I know. <laughs> Okay, well, excuse the fuck out of me. It sounds like a fucking cheese, okay? And I can't be the only one who, for the longest time, thought it was cheese, thought it sounded delicious, then realized it's a fucking leaf. And I'm like, why does it have such a fancy name? You think arugula is fancy? I mean, it's long. Long equals fancy. We have watercress. That's cheese. Real quick. Bosley is the leader in hair transplant and restoration services. You are correct. Perfect. Ow. I've seen the commercials. How anyway, arugula sounds like oh, you don't, we're don't, still t- don't. We're don't still talking about them. lettuce. No, okay. I'm, no. Yes, we are. Because there's watercress <laughs> and then romaine. And right. kale. Yes. Right? And, and then there's just And then an iceberg. And then you just, arugula is just like, hey, yeah, I'm a lettuce too. And all the other lettuces are like. Uh, Who the fuck? You're cheese. You sound uh, Italian. Smell you, Nancy Drew. I I can't. What are you doing here? We all (laughs) and they like he's the snobby lettuce. I would think like he's the lettuce that other lettuces don't like. I can't believe you've let me go on this long about. (laughs) I tried to stop. I tried to change it, and you would not let me stop talking about (laughs) lettuce. (laughs) I have feelings. Anyway, what's going on with you? I'm crazy, apparently. <laughs> I'm good. You know, same, same, samesy, sames. The big news. Yeah. T- today. Yeah. The CDC is saying that people who are fully vaccinated do not need to wear masks or socially distance anymore. Anywhere? W- with some exceptions. But by and large, it's a free-for-all now. <laughs> it's just, we're just raw dog and life out here now. <laughs> They're like, go fuck who you want. <laughs> okay, but here's, okay. 
But here's the thing. So I got when I got my haircut today. Oh, here. Oh, the nice segue. I love this. I went and got my haircut today. And, you know, we all wear masks, obviously. And there was a plastic partition between the shampoo bowls that had never been there before. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And this and the receptionist was like, um, well, somebody complained that we didn't have enough, you know, safety. And I was like, okay, okay. So you're wearing a mask already. You've made the choice to go into a salon to get your hair done. Something that you can go without. Sure. Yeah. If yep. you are that worried about it. The partition is there and she she raised a good point. Once you put your head in the bowls, the partition's no longer there. Like, and I don't know. It was just, I was just like, can we find a middle ground between complete hysteria? Right. And exactly. complete carelessness and recklessness yes. can we find a middle ground please that's where i would like to live for the time being so i will continue to wear a mask just because no one knows i'm vaccinated right so if i walk it so like places still require a mask right yeah like i'm sure that's still going to be happening for a while right so but i don't yeah so i don't know if you can just walk in and be like make me wear a mask motherfucker yeah because i don't see i don't want people to think i'm republican <laughs> god forbid god forbid so yeah so that's good news it's it, good. it is you know for the first time in a very long time like this past like couple of days i've been feeling more and more optimistic about the world here in michigan uh yeah. starting on may 24th we are free to go back to work in offices again oh um, i'm against that well i'm not saying that i want to do that but um but i'm just saying you know sure, broad sure, sure. broadway is coming back I, I i see the news of each show that is planning to open and that makes me very giddy mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so yeah it's just I, i'm feeling optimistic for the first time in a long time yeah so that's nice yeah. optimism is a nice thing until you get beat down by you know life and you realize how <laughs> shitty everything is and futile and hopeless so live it up while you can that's what i say <laughs> If you listen to us to have your day uplifted, now's not the day. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about people that we hate for no reason. <laughs> um, I decided that whenever we talk about a person that we don't like for any reason, I'm going to also counter that with someone that I love. Just to balance it out. Oh, oh, okay. So All right. That's what I decided. I don't okay. know about you, but... Well, I mean, I guess the decision's been <laughs> fucking made. No one consulted me. I mean, I hate arugula for you... no reason. No, I said person, though. And I hate Swiss cheese. Um, I don't. I love Swiss cheese. What are you doing? What are you watching, reading, looking at, listening to? You. Oh. Yeah, all those things. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just big on the podcasts. What are you listening to? Well, I just, the murders, you know, the murder things. The murder series. Is, I is. have not trailed far from uh, the home, my home of murder. Mm -hmm. um, although, I got to tell you, the, the podcast that got me into it all, my favorite murder, I'm not digging them anymore. Mm. I just, uh, I don't dig them anymore. They're back today with a new episode. Okay, is it new it or is. is it this bullshit? Let's take two things that were listen to me. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> it is new. No, they did. They took two weeks off. I uh, started listening to the new episode today. I got as far as Georgia goes first, and she tells what her story is, and it is Lacey Peterson, and that is as far as I've gotten. 
So. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, yeah, I. So I have a very unpopular opinion, and I'm starting to think that it's possible he didn't do it. That seems to be the going sort of thing nowadays. So yeah, I yeah, because here here's the thing: he is an asshole. He is a cad. I'm not fully convinced he didn't do it. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, funny, not funny, funny is the wrong word. We're talking about murder. Odd things happen. Do you know what I'm saying? And there are certain people that do have, and maybe it's a weird kind of karma. But I really think that maybe he didn't. And I think that maybe it was those people that broke into the house across the street or what have you. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't have an opinion, so I can't join in this conversation just just yet. Yeah. We'll see. I think he's getting a new trial. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. I hate uh, you know, I, I tend to watch old datelines in the middle of the night when I wake up. And I hate in the datelines where it's completely like the one I watched at five o'clock this morning was, or four o'clock this morning was, uh, this man, uh, was, had hired someone who he thought was a hitman to murder his fiance, uh, who actually was of course an undercover police officer and they had it all on tape. And then the, then they interview his defense lawyer who says, no, they got, they got it all wrong. That's not what he was doing. And I'm like, do you, right. do do they really honestly believe this bullshit that they're spewing? The answer, of course, is no. And they're doing whatever they can to win the case. But I'm like, at what point do you like? Do you not think that this man belongs in jail? Or do you know what I mean? It's just like, yes, no, <clears throat> and that's why. It, it, it's just, yeah, that's why they say, if you did it, don't tell me, because I want to be able to defend you. Right. But it's like. At what point do you go, I think you did it, man, and I can't defend you because I think you fucking did it. Right. And of course, like, the, you know, he was an old white man. And like, it's right. like, I, I really do believe a lot of it comes down to like, I'm going to win this case no matter what, because I'm a winner. Right. Right. But like, you sound like a fucking idiot, like defending what we have all witnessed now. Right. On these tapes. By going like, no, 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 that's not what's happening. Right. Uh, yeah, it is. I have eyes and I have ears. Right. So. Because uh, when I got divorced, I had to go to court, obviously. And my lawyer was like, they're going to ask you if you're pregnant. You're going to say no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not. She goes, well, I don't want to know. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not. She's like, but I don't want to know. Don't tell me. <laughs> but I'm telling you that I'm not. And I'm telling you that I'm not because you're telling me to lie. <laughs> If I was, but I'm not, but I'm not. And she just, she didn't want to know. She wanted deniability. Gotcha. And so it's, you know, I see wanting deniability and obviously my situation was different from murder. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't know that I could do that unless I truly believed in their innocence. Right. Exactly. But yes. The ones that are so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Or if I did it in a way that it was just to defend in a way that's like, well, this could have happened where this could have happened. Right. Because, of course, he should have a fair trial. He should have a right to a fair trial and a right to the best defense. Yes. My question here is, 
is your best defense making up stories about what is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't make shit up. Right. Don't make it up. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Cause there are people that so many people think they're innocent. I'm like, I don't think they did it. And so, yeah, everyone deserves a good defense, but like if you see the person on tape doing it, maybe, maybe just, maybe just don't have a trial. Maybe just, <laughs> uh, you should really just plead guilty to this. <laughs> you should, ju- yeah, you should just plead guilty. Okay. The other thing that drives me nuts, and this is, I know this is horrible because I just listened to a dateline where a mother was killed and come to find out that the father did it, but they didn't realize until years and years later so when the mother was killed the children were little and then they grew up with the father and then he admitted to it like it wasn't like oh he's denying it but all the evidence is there he was like no i i fucking did it and like the daughter is still like it's just it's complicated he's my dad listen i i get it okay he's your dad i, I watched get it. that one yes but that I always feel, maybe it's because I'm a mom, so I'm always like, oh, so just fuck your mom then, right? Like, you don't, that was your mother. He murdered her. Like, oh, no, I still have a relationship with him. But what? What? Yeah, that was weird. And then, like, Andrea Canning was like, you know, did you ask him why he did it? And she said yes. And then she said, what did he say? And she said, I'm not comfortable talking. I'm not talking. Right. It was weird. It was weird. It's obviously, you know, we can't know what she's going through. I think it would be difficult to, because she was basically raised by him. And I think you even see these episodes where people, where like one spouse killed the other and the children are like, there's no way he did it, even though the evidence seems very. Yes. And that is more irritating to me. It, that angers me more. It's when, like when all the evidence is there and I can't remember the guy's name, but there was another case like this. The mother was murdered. All the evidence was there that the guy did it. The kids stood by him. He was convicted. Then it was overturned. Then he was convicted again. Then it was overturned. It was, it was crazy. Oh, I and remember the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that yeah. And it's like, guys, he did it. Like, I know he's your dad. And this always happens in the case where it's the mom killed by the dad. Like, I know it's your dad, but like, that's your mom who was murdered. And when it's the other way around, when it's the mother, they just throw her aside. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she did it. And it's like, no, I was literally, I was at your high school graduation. Yeah, but you look sketchy the whole time. It's like, Jesus. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. And yes, obviously we would have no idea, but yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> I started listening to the uh, Paris Hilton podcast this week. Did you? I, I thought did. about doing that. How is it? It's fascinating. She so they brought so what they did so it's through iHeartRadio and so they brought in this fellow who is called Hunter March and he. Uh, is sort of her sidekick, but really he is kind of the ringleader because she doesn't really, she's not really the forceful a type personality to like lead a 
show like this. Okay. So it's just fascinating. Like they've have a guest every episode. So like her fiance was on the first episode and then her sister was on, Amy Schumer was on. And so it's just interesting to hear how he ingratiates himself into the conversation, how he leads the conversation, but then is also very good about bringing the conversation back to Paris. Okay. So it's just really, I mean, I really enjoy it because of course I love her, Right. but it's just, it's just, it's fascinating. And I really, he's also, he's very good. He's very good at what he does. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Amy Schumer was funny. So yeah, I, I'm in, I'm liking it. Now, is Paris her real self on the podcast or does she do that dumb blonde character? No, 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 no. She is very, yeah, very grounded. Okay. It's also interesting because she talks a lot in like um, cliche sort of things. Okay. And so, and her sister did too when she was on, which it's just interesting to me. Like Nikki, when she was on, was like, um, well, you know, like our mother always told us, you can't judge a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Like there's a lot of those kind of things where it's like, it's just, it's interesting, but I really like it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And it's also interesting because when Nikki was on, they talked about the David Letter interview that just surfaced again um, when she was on in 2000, before she went to jail or when uh-huh. she got when she got out of jail and what a dick he was to her. And then Nikki also talked about what a a bitch Sarah Silverman was to Paris at the MTV Music and Movie Awards. Yeah. Um, And then, like, two days after that podcast aired, then Sarah Silverman publicly apologized. Oh, wow. Okay. To her. And then, um, so it's just, it's interesting. I like it. Check it out. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. Check it out. Check it out. What is it called? This is Paris. Oh, okay. So that'll be that'll be easy to remember. Yes. All right. All right. So there's one other thing that we need to discuss. Oh God. <laughs> Important findings are happening. So okay. Ro- Rolling Stone magazine last week published the 100 greatest sitcoms in the history of television. Okay. And you said this was last week? Last week or the week before. Okay. So sitting at number 100 is Shit's Creek. I'm sorry, 100? Yeah, right behind Frank's Place, which ran for one season in 1987 on CBS. <clears throat> uh, what's number 1? Number 1 is The Simpsons. Okay. So I don't agree with a lot of this list in the placement. Shit's Creek is much higher than number 100 for sure. Yeah. So this is the top 10. I'm just going to run them down. Larry Sanders show. Okay. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Okay. So number eight, the Honeymooners. Okay. Gross. Yeah. Number seven, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay. Number six, MASH. Okay. Number five, All in the Family. So basically all the CBS shows from the 70s. Okay. Number four, I Love Lucy, which I thought would be higher, frankly. Number three... Brings us to our girl today. Oh, God damn. I know. See, I thought it was going to be first. Number two, Cheers. Okay. And number one, The Simpsons. That I, okay. So I, I have never in my life agreed with any list. Now, Entertainment Weekly 
when Entertainment Weekly does their lists, I'm just like, who who is ranking these things? What is right. happening? Who is doing this? And that The Simpsons, and I know a lot of people love The Simpsons, and it truly does have a cultural place. Um, but the best, really. And Schitt's Creek at 100. Yeah, it ran for six seasons. I, 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 shut up. And also, I hate Seinfeld. I fucking hate Seinfeld. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I think when they make those lists, they don't do it. You know, they probably sit in a big room and they're like, okay. And they vote amongst themselves. And then they, it's not based on any sort of actual data. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of stupid white guys. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Fuck Rolling Stone. <laughs> you know, am I top 10 of magazines? You know where they are? They're 11. So fuck them. Yeah. So let me just say this uh, because Schitt's Creek comes in behind Daria. I mean, well, Schitt's Creek is coming behind everything because it's 100. Sure. Sure. Uh, but you're going to put Daria on this list and oh, it's not, right. and, and it's going to be ahead of Schitt's Creek? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, 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 yeah. Fuck. Fuck. That's stupid. Yeah. Homie, don't play that. I also get very angry at like best Star Wars stuff. I always disagree. I'm like, although every single list has Empire Strikes Back as the number one. So, okay, that all right. But like, I, lists are dumb. Will and Grace <laughs> is at 81. Okay, I'm going to put this list away. Yeah, please. It's, it's garbage. It doesn't make any sense. So, should we use that as a segue? Let's use that as a segue. To talk about our girl... Julia Louis Dreyfus, and actually, her name—oh my God, her name is actually Julia Scarlett Elizabeth Louis Dreyfus Hall. <laughs> oh my, that is a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Um, she was born in New York City on January thirteenth, nineteen sixty-one. Her American-born mother Judith was a writer and special needs tutor, and her French-born father Gerard Louis Dreyfus chaired the Louis Dreyfus Company. Her paternal grandfather, Pierre-Louis Dreyfus, I'll stop saying it that way, <laughs> was president of the Louis Dreyfus Group. He was a member of a Jewish family from Alsace. Sure. Okay. He served as cavalry, cavalry officer, a member of the French resistance during World oh. War II. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Fromage. She is also a great great granddaughter of Leopold Louis Dreyfus, who in 1851 founded the Louis Dreyfus Group. So basically, they just make companies with the last name and then just put group or company after it. <laughs> a French commodities and a shipping conglomerate, which members of the family still control and is distantly related to Alfred, Alfred, Alfred Dreyfus of the infamous Dreyfus affair. You remember that? Oh, the Dreyfus yes. affair. I didn't, I didn't Google that. So her paternal grandmother was born in the U.S. of partial Brazilian and Mexican origin. During the 1940s, she moved Julia's father to America from false. In 1962, one year after Louis Dreyfus's birth, her parents divorced. After we relocating to Washington, D.C., I always think of Clue every time I hear or see Washington, D.C., 
when she was four, her mother married L. Thompson Bowles, dean of the George Washington University Medical School. Uh, Louis Dreyfus spent her childhood in several states and countries in connection with her stepfather's work with Project Hope, including Colombia and Tunisia. Uh, she graduated from the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland in 1979. She later said, there were things I did in school that had there been boys in that classroom, I would have been less motivated to do. For instance, I was president of the Honor Society. Louis Dreyfus attended Northwestern University, uh, where she was a member of Delta Gamma Sorority. Ooh, arugula. Ooh, arugula. <laughs> she studied theater. And she performed in Meow Show. God damn it. Improv names. Stop it. Everybody stop <laughs> with the fucking improv names. Um, a student-run improv and sketch comedy review before dropping out during her junior year to take a job at Saturday Night Live. Uh, she later returned. Uh, nope. She later received an honorary doctorate of arts degree from Northwestern University in 2007. Uh, Louis Dreyfus's maternal half-sister, Lauren Bulls, is also an actress. She also has two paternal half-sisters, Phoebe and Emma, the latter of whom died in 2018. Mm. Robert Louis Dreyfus, one of her cousins, was former CEO of Adidas. I mean, all right. What a uh, business-minded family. Right. Um, while in Northwestern, Louis Dreyfus met future husband and Saturday Night Live comedian Brad Hall. They married in 1990. Nope. 1987 and have two sons together. Uh, Henry, born 1992, the year I graduated from high school, and Charles, born 1997. Henry is a singer songwriter who has performed on The Tonight Show. Oh. And Charles was a walk-on for the Northwestern Wildcats men's basketball team. My goodness. Uh, my goodness. Louis Dreyfus has stated that she holds much respect for women who are not afraid of making themselves look bad or foolish to get a laugh. She cites her acting idols as Lucille Ball, Mary Tyler Moore, Madeline Kahn, <laughs> Terry Garr, okay, Valerie Harper, and Cloris Leachman. Actress Tina Fey has stated that Louis Dreyfus served as inspiration for her character Liz Lemon on the award-winning NBC comedy series 30 Rock. On September 28, 2017, Louis Dreyfus announced on Twitter her diagnosis of breast cancer, a diagnosis she received one day after receiving a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for her role on Veep. She stated, one in eight women get breast cancer. Today, I'm the one. The good news is that I have the most glorious group of supportive and caring families and friends and fantastic insurance through my union. The bad news is that not all women are so lucky. So let's fight all cancers and make universal health care reality. She announced on October 18th, 2018 on Jimmy Kimmel Live that she was cancer free. Louis Dreyfus supported Al Gore's 2000 U.S. presidential bid and also endorsed Barack Obama's bid for president in 2018. Eight and 2012. Uh, let's see. In late uh, October 2010, before the United States Senate election in California, Louis Dreyfus starred in a humorous Barbara Boxer ad regarding energy policy. 
During the 2016 Democratic National Convention, Louis Dreyfus announced her endorsement of Hillary Clinton for the United States presidential election of that year. And we all see how that went. (laughs) In her acceptance speech at the 2017 Screen Actors Guild Award, she denounced President Donald Trump's executive executive order of travel ban as un-American and said, my father fled religious prosecution in Nazi-occupied France. Louis Dreyfus emceed the final night of the 2020 Democratic National Convention. She has also published information regarding voting by mail and urged all Americans to vote. Good for her. She's a Democrat, which I don't think is surprising. No. But uh, yeah, that is uh, the personal stuff of our gal for today. Our gal Sal. Our gal Sal. Well, as part of her comedic training, uh, Julia appeared in the Second City, uh, along with everybody else who we've talked about pretty much in the past 30 some odd episodes. Right. But it was her performance with the Practical Theater Company that led her to being asked to join the cast of Saturday Night Live at the age of 21. That's crazy. So crazy. She was at Saturday Night Live from 1982 until 1985 and was the youngest female cast member in the history of the program at that time. It was during the third and final year of her time on Saturday Night Live that she met writer Derek... Derry, Derry Lavid, Larry David, <laughs> uh, during his only year on the show. Oh, wow. And of course, we know what happened from that relationship. That's crazy. Following her 1985 departure from Saturday Night Live, she appeared in several films, including her film debut in Troll. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, she then appeared in Woody Allen's Hannah and Her Sisters, easily. In my top five favorite films of all time. She was in Soul Man, starring C. Thomas Howell, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And in 1987, she appeared in the NBC sitcom pilot, The Art of Being Nick, which was an intended spinoff from Family Ties, starring Scott (gasps) Valentine. That's right! As Neok! That's right! When the pilot did not make it to series, Louis Dreyfus was retained by Gary David Goldberg, the producer, for a role on his new sitcom called Day by Day, uh, which premiered in 1988. It aired for two seasons on NBC before being canceled. I used to watch that. It was set in a daycare, and they did a Brady Bunch episode. Yes! Loved it. Oh my gosh, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. She then went on to play the role of Elaine Bennis on NBC Seinfeld for nine seasons, <laughs> appearing in all but three episodes. One of the episodes that she did not appear in was the pilot episode, The Seinfeld Chronicles, because her character was not initially intended to be a part of the series. It was only after the first series that NBC, this is really going to shock you. After the first series, NBC executives felt the show was too male-centric. What? Right? Whoever thought that would be a thing. (laughs) And demanded that the creators, uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, add a woman to the cast. One woman. That'll make it a lot more feminine. Thank you. (laughs) And good day. Her performance earned her two Golden Globe Award nominations, winning once in 1994, nine Screen Actors Guild nominations, winning in 1995, 1997, and 1998, and seven American Comedy Awards, winning five times in 93, 94, 95, 97, and 98. 
1996, she won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, an award she was nominated for on seven occasions from 1992 to 1998. During her time on Seinfeld, she appeared in several films, including Father's Day, opposite Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, and Woody Allen's Oscar-nominated Deconstructing Harry, another movie that I love. And I mean tonight, motherfucker! Um, she then starred for two seasons on Watching Ellie, which was her show after Seinfeld uh, was done, uh, which ran for two seasons, uh, was not successful, and perpetrated what at the time was called the Seinfeld Curse. Stupid. Who cares? Nobody. <laughs> then came The New Adventures of Old Christine in 2005, which ran for four years, earning her an Emmy for Best Actress in a Comedy Series in 2006. That is a show that I love. On April 12, 2012, her next series, Veep, premiered on HBO, earning praise. And for her performance on Veep, she has received several accolades, most notably six consecutive Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series from 2012 to 2017. Her Emmy wins for Veep, following previous wins for Seinfeld and The New Adventures of Old Christine, resulted in her becoming the only woman to win an acting award for three separate comedy series. Her, okay. sixth, her sixth win for Outstanding Lead Actress in 2016, surpassed the record previously held by Mary Tyler Moore and Candace Bergen for the most wins in that category. In 2017, her sixth consecutive win and eighth acting win overall made her the performer with the most Emmys for the same role in the same series, surpassing Candace Bergen and Don Knotts, and put her in a tie with Cloris Leachman for the most Emmys ever won by a performer. Did you watch Veep? I did not. I just couldn't get into it. I just didn't think it was funny. No. Like I, when it premiered, we watched maybe one, two, three episodes. And then I started watching it again this week. And I just, I just, I didn't pay. No. Because that was on HBO, correct? Yeah. So when it first came out, yeah, I didn't have the access to the HBO and I wasn't interested enough to like find a way, a different way to watch it. Right. So yeah, no, I have it. I have not. I know there are a lot of people who love that show, but sorry, I'm not one of them. <laughs> in 2013, she starred in the film Enough Said, directed by Nicole Holofcener, who is one of my favorite filmmakers ever. Uh, this marked her debut as a lead actress in a full-length feature film. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. The film garnered rave reviews from film critics, ranking among the best-reviewed films of 2013. Uh, the website Rotten Tomatoes gives it a score of 96%, many of them praising her performance. She received several Best Actress nominations for her role in that film, including the Golden Globe, uh, and American Comedy Awards. In 2018, she was the 20th recipient of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, which is given out by the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. In 2020, she headlined the comedy drama Downhill, <sighs> starring Will Ferrell. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Voiced okay. uh, suburban elf mother in Pixar's Onward. And in 2021, she appeared in the Disney Plus series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. As Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Oh my God, uh, it's so great. Which is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though she was originally intended to debut that role in the film 
Black Widow, which kept and has kept getting shuffled around because yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. So ultimately made her debut as that character in this series. I am very excited for her to be part of the MCU. I'm very excited for it. And I have no feelings about that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. glad you're excited. <laughs> so one more quick thing. Uh, I, I loved this. There was an interview with her in Interview Magazine from September. Fe- f- nope. Okay. From f- Nope. February. I meant to say February. Okay. Uh, February 10th, 2020. And there are 21 questions to her from 21 of her famous friends. Oh, nice. Okay. So I just... I took out three of them because I love them. So Tony Collette asked her, you've played more than one character for extended periods of time. How do you let them go? And how do you return to yourself, your center again? She answered, well, first of all, Tony, you're the sort of actress who disappears completely into a role. I think that's a miracle. I'm more likely to find little parts of myself in the roles I play. I guess that's why I specialized in shallow, cruel, vain, and venal women. (laughs) That really makes it quite easy to return to myself. Should I one day play a virtuous woman or say somebody who's tall, it would be a longer journey back to myself. (laughs) Lisa Kudrow said, do you remember the first time you got a laugh? She answered, I do indeed. Back in the fourth grade, I was in a school play and I played some sort of queen. There was a scene in which I had to faint, which I did, and it got a huge laugh. This was a drama, mind you. It was a serious undertaking. It wasn't meant to be (laughs) funny. I had no intention of getting a laugh, but the laugh felt so good that I started fainting all over the place. Of course. I didn't mind that it was an inappropriate moment to get a laugh. It felt good. I think that the performer in all of us can certainly yes. relate yes. to that. I love that story. And then finally, Octavia Spencer asked her, what is the one thing you do for yourself at least once a week that brings you joy? And she answered, I masturbate with a vengeance. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that is my report on Julia <laughs> Book report. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> we both owe you a debt of gratitude. So who goes first movie? I go first movie. You do. So listen, I love this movie. I understand if people hate it, but one of the reasons I love it is because of her (laughs) and it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. (laughs) I have a feeling you hate this movie. Do you hate this movie? You know, I, I didn't know. I haven't, I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years or longer. And I don't know if it was watching a Christmas movie in May. Sure, sure, sure. That'll Chevy go. Chase's shtick goes a long way. A little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with me. So I did not. Uh, also, Randy Quaid, problematic. Yeah. So I just did not have the best time this time around. And I totally get that. And really, honestly, it should be a movie that I hate because, yes, Clark Griswold. It's it just yeah, stop being stu- like, stop, stop yeah. it. Fucking stop being stupid. And Randy Quaid is his character is ugh, I 100% get it if people hate this. But for some reason, it has just I just love it. And it's partially because of Margo and Todd. <laughs> I don't know, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just so perfect. So they are the next door neighbors of the Griswolds, and they are these horribly wonderful or wonderfully horrible yuppies, and they hate the Griswolds, which I think honestly, if you were if you had to live next door to them, you would probably hate them too. Yeah, especially if your house gets ruined because of that. Right? <laughs> Their house is ruined. Yeah. Like just stop being an asshole. <laughs> they come, why is the carpet wet, Margot? I don't know, Todd. Like just the way she says, Todd. I just love it. Um, and when, when he comes in and he wants to have sex, she's like, you're going to shower first. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just, they're just, they, you're supposed to hate them, but I think really the audience is like, Yes. Yeah, I get it. I understand. You should be annoyed. Those people are so annoying because our girl hasn't been in a lot of movies, really. She has not, which is also surprising to me. Yeah, because to me, she's just another, and probably it is because of the Seinfeld factor, but she just is such a household name to me that she is that perfect balance of i love julia roberts i love her i adore her but she's kind of now julia roberts does that make sense oh for sure yeah whereas julia louis dreyfus is still an actress she could be in any movie and it and her celebrity would not overshadow it But I still know who she is and appreciates who she is. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. 100%. Because now when, if Julie, if Julia Roberts were in a movie right now, I'd be like, oh, it's because she's Julia Roberts. As opposed to, it's because she was the best actress for the part. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, you could say that for a lot of the big name people. Yes. Working today. And I would not count Julia Dreyfus as one of those people. Correct. Yeah. Like if Gwyneth Paltrow's in a movie, it's like, oh. It's, you know, eh. and it always makes me sad for them. (laughs) But then you conversely then like at least, I mean, it's shocking to me that Julie Louis-Dreyfus did not headline her first film until 2013. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That doesn't make any sort of sense. But then you could also say that at least when she does, well, I guess I can't always say that because we still haven't talked about downhill that it's, you know, a quality project or she has a chance to actually act. Correct. Correct. So did you just hate the movie all the way around? Christmas vacation. Yeah. Um, I did. Yeah, I did not. I did not. I did not enjoy myself. I, I had did not remember that Diane Ladd was in it. So that was a bright spot for me. Okay. Okay. It was fun to see little baby Johnny Galecki. Uh, just cute as a lamb, but yeah, I just, and the whole like thing with him at the department store and just like that woman. Yeah. Super gross from a 2021 lens. Um, just all of that, just, just all of that. I just have, maybe I'm getting older. I just don't have patience with the attic ladder coming down. And then like the, you know, just all of that is the tree being so big, it breaks all the windows and just, yeah. All of that. Yes. No, I 100% get that. I It's one of the very few Christmas movies I like. 
but I, I 100% like, cause I do when, uh, they all leave him in the attic and they shut the, first of all, all of their parents are terrible. Yes. They're fucking terrible people. And they leave him in the attic and it's like, well, I think he would want to come. We'll just leave him. Like, fuck. You're also, and you have not watched this movie a lot. Obviously, I watch it every year. I am very perplexed by how long the parents stay. They are there forever. <laughs> Why are they there so long? Especially when no one gets along with each other. They're there for like a month. <laughs> And it's obvious because, you know, he's big into family and it's, but it's all just so perform like, yeah, we're going to go there for a month because that's what families do, but they all are terrible people. <laughs> also, I did not remember that it was written by John Hughes. So. Okay. That was surprising to me, but yeah, it, I mean, I, you know, I, I get into Christmas every year and I enjoy my Christmas movies and I just, this is not a go-to for me. It, it has never really been. A go-to, so I don't know why. It's just well, not my bag. That's that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. She is the bright spot of the movie. I think she's hysterical. In yeah. It. Not in it enough, though. Yeah. Yes. They only have a couple scenes. So really, that's all about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's not in a lot. So uh, when Christmas comes around again, or I mean, you, you can't watch it now. I saw that it's leaving netflix on the and at the end of this month so oh wow okay if you have a hankering get to it hop to it hop hop to that and tell the people what we watched for your movie well first i need to make a, a detour because i did also in addition to the movie that i watched i did watch downhill oh yes okay that is uh a weird movie it's I don't know what to make of it. It's uh, I, because it's Will Ferrell and Julie Louis-Dreyfus. So I was like, oh, this is going to be humorous. And it's not. And it's weird. It reminded me a lot of that um, Lifetime movie that Will Ferrell did with Kristen Wiig. Oh, and okay. you're like, oh, is this funny? No. Yeah. Yes. No, right. it's not. Yes, it. No. It was like that. Okay. Um, I did think it was refreshing that they played a married couple because she is older than Will Ferrell, and you never see that. Her character is also just not terribly likable. So okay. it's on HBO if you uh, want to watch it. Uh, I can't recommend it, but <laughs> the movie that I did watch that I do want to talk about is a movie called Enough Said. Yes. Directed by Nicole Holof Center, who I just, I, she's only directed, written and directed five films. I love every single one of them. This was her last film that she made. What are the other ones? She started with Walking and Talking, starring Catherine Keener and Anne Heche back in the 90s, of course. Okay. When we're talking Anne Heche. Okay. And then she did a movie called Lovely and Amazing, which is so exquisite with Catherine Keener and Brenda Blethyn and Emily Mortimer. Okay. And then she did Friends with Money with Frances McDormand, Jennifer Aniston, Catherine Keener, and Joan Cusack. And then she did Please Give with Catherine Keener. Are we seeing a trend? Yes. And then she did Enough Said, uh, starring Julie Lou Dreyfus, James Gandolfini, and Catherine Keener. Okay, okay. And she also wrote the screenplay for Can You Ever Forgive Me, that movie with Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Which is also super good. But enough said, 
opened on September 18th, 2013. And this is the IMDb uh, synopsis. A divorced woman who decides to pursue the man she's interested in learns that he is her new friend's ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Now, this was ranked as the fifth best-reviewed film of 2013. Uh, there are uh, Tony Collette is also in this film, which is always a yes, plus. with her Australian accent. Yes, which I love when they're uh, skyping and Julia Dreyfus is like, I can't understand a goddamn thing that you say. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, Michaela Watkins is in it for five seconds. Also a great uh, plus. Also, J- James Gandolfini, uh, his second to last film, he died just about a year after they finished filming, but before the film was released. And uh, so she uh, plays this uh, woman whose daughter is getting ready to go off to college. She meets James Gandolfini at a party. And then they start dating and she does not realize, well, she does realize through the course of the film that her new sort of best friend, Catherine Keener, they are exes who do not like one another, but she keeps that information to herself (laughs) until horrible, horrible meeting uh, towards the end of the film. What did you think of this movie? I, I loved it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I did love it. Because of Julia, Julia, because of Julia, and because so of great. Tony Collette, so great. I, I hate, and I know that he is passed. James Gandolfini is just gross to me. Oh, I, I really loved him in this. I'm not normally a huge fan of his, but I thought he was super sweet. He was super sweet. Catherine Keener goes a long way. A little of her goes a long way. I adore her. Now, listen, I've loved her in other things. But then watching this, I'm like, oh, she's just always Catherine Keener. (laughs) And I'm like, and a little of it goes a long way. I was like, we got, we got it. We got it. You have bushy hair. Good for you. Love it. You know, you look like you smell like patchouli. We got it. Awesome. But they were just, I, I did. I liked it. I thought it was very genuine and they were very real. Um, I did say that all the women in this movie, except for Tony Collette, who speaks at a, a, a respectable volume, everyone, like, especially Catherine, get, they, they whisper. Mm. that's a thing that Catherine Keener does that you just gotta lean in like you need to talk I, your raspy whisper bullshit I've had enough of stop it <laughs> so and I wrote in my notes Catherine Keener just has to play these parts <laughs> I kind of yeah hated her a little bit and you're supposed to yeah, well yes I saw it coming a mile away I was like oh that's the ex-wife I don't think they're trying to hide it in any yeah. way so that's okay very sweet i when they go to dinner with tony collette and her husband who is played by ben falco who i was immediately like oh yeah me too there you are okay this Um, bitch this bitch and she's so mean to him about getting the calorie book oh my god yeah i just love because i'm like why are you doing that and it's just like it occurred to me it's like we all do stupid things that we don't know why we do them. Like she just allowed herself to get so influenced by the, by Catherine Keener's character 
You know, and I, I also, I love how at the beginning she's like, I didn't think that he was attractive when I first met him, but then I just sort of came around and thought he was cute. So he's obviously not the type of person that she would normally date. Mm-hmm. But then there's something about him that attracted her to him. But then I feel like she gets in her head and just starts to turn on him. But yeah, she's yes. also, she's just such a, she's so mean to him. Like just passive aggressive mean, not like outwardly like cruel i mean she is kind of cruel to him but like not you know what i mean right right like movie villain meme right exactly the way you're it's just interesting the way your attraction to someone can be well now he's cute and sexy because he's funny and we talk all the time blah 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 blah. and then Catherine keener getting in her ear it's like now he's gross to me yeah and i can see all these things yeah it was very interesting and very true yeah. So, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was very sweet. Oh, you know who else I hated was uh, the daughter's friend's mother. Oh, yeah, she was a bitch. I love the daughter's friend, though. Yeah. That, that whole relationship sweet. was so interesting to me. I loved how that was all handled. Yes. And how her daughter reacted to everything. I just, I love, like, the dialogue just feels so real to me. And this is another thing. I just, I wanted to say this too, and I forgot. Like, this is another movie. Obviously, she doesn't have a lot of films, but this was one that was important to me that I really wanted to do. And it's, uh, it comes down to a case of, like, we've had this discussion. We've talked about it on here before. Like, do we do films that people know? Or do we do films that might be hidden gems that perhaps people don't know? Mm-hmm. And for me, this is one of those that maybe people don't know this, but I would encourage you to seek this movie out and watch it because it's just, I think it's just lovely. It is. It's very delightful. It is. She is so, so great in this. Mm-hmm. Like just so winsome and you root for her and you want her to succeed at the things that she does. She's a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. There's some great bits with some of her other clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like that whole thing with that guy who doesn't help her carry this. Yeah. And then, then she's like, could you help me? He's like, oh my God. Oh my, yes. I'm so sorry. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> That's all because, it took. Yeah. Because Ben Falco was like, and it it's such, it is the way women and men think because peter has said this to me before like if you want me to do something for you you gotta ask like i'm not a mind reader but yeah, as a, a woman thinks you should fucking know that right and then she's like oh my god what a fucking asshole and yeah then, so you just ask and he's like oh my god yes of course <laughs> and then yeah and ben Falco's like well you have to ask him and they're and they're both like he should fucking know and then he <laughs> asks her it's like Oh yeah. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, cause the very first time she goes up steps, I was like, he's not, I immediately, it was like, he's not fucking helping her. Like go down and get the table. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, the, uh, each scene in this movie was scripted, although the actors would often ad lib lines of dialogue. And then that final scene of the film was completely improvised by Julia Lee Dreyfus and James Gandolfini, which, I just, I love that last scene of the film. It's so dear. It's so sweet. And I just love it. I have have goosebumps right now. It's really good. So just like, oh, and one more thing I wanted to say. Slate Magazine, Dana Stevens reviewed this film and she wrote, there's no one making films right now who write that kind of dialogue better than Hollis Center. And it's hard to imagine anyone speaking it better than James Gandolfini and Julie Louis-Dreyfus. So it's just a little hidden gem that I recommend wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's really cute. 
It's very cute. Yes. When as soon as you pick Julia Lou Dreyfus, I'm like, I know exactly the film that I'm doing. The other part that I like is when, because she clearly doesn't get along with her ex. I mean, there's a reason they're exes, and they take the daughter to the airport, and yes. and and he's like, "We make a good, you know," and it's like, "Oh my god, yeah. it's just so sweet." Like, there's yeah. a reason you get married. Exactly. Yes, and I love that too. Like, I just, yeah, it's just great. No, it is very sweet, and it's very real. It doesn't feel like a movie at all, really, kind of, except for Catherine Keener, who has to whisper and be, Okay, okay. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I actually like her. I was just like, oh, she's this in every movie. Okay, got it. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, watch that. You can skip uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I mean, it's really two scenes, three scenes. Or watch it in December. Or, or watch it at Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Oh, yay. Yay, yay, yay. Yay. Yeah, good. Have you, I know that we're doing a wee pod next. We sure are. What's on tap? We are going to do a Girls 5 Ever. Yes. So excited. That's uh, awesome. But I wanted to ask you, should we tell them the woman? Have you picked a woman for the one after that? And should we tell them now if you have picked it? I have. Should we tell them now? We can. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so first I need to apologize to you, but it's gonna it's for your own good. <laughs> it's for your own good. And well, you'll see already, you'll I already see know why. Who it is. No, yeah. you don't. No, I you don't? don't. You do not. Okay. You don't. I know who you think it's going to be, but it's right? not that person. Okay. I would like for- to visit Mindy Kaling. All right. And you know why now it's for your own good because you need to watch that movie and you know the movie I'm talking about. <sighs> okay. Oh my God. It's so good. And she, the other one is so good in it. So, uh, okay. All it'll, right. it'll be a little bit of a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> uh, yes. No, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. I used to like her. I don't know why. I read this, her autobiography and then I was like, meh, fuck you. I don't know. This will be the, the first one that we really have so far kind of have a strong dislike for in our tenure yeah. here. So, so it'll yeah. be interesting, but that's in two weeks. That's in two weeks, but next week is Girls 5 Eva. Yeah, so watch that in preparation for listening to this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's on the peacock. The peacock. <laughs> the peacock. Oh, one other thing that has nothing to do with anything. I think I have to get Paramount Plus. Oh, why? Because I don't have a way to watch Big Brother. Right. And I have don't. to watch Big Brother. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I got to pull the trigger on that. I realized that this week. I was like, mother scratcher. Although I think you might have a way to watch it. I might, but I want to watch it. Although I guess I would have to check with the Peacock. I want to watch it live-ish. Right. But I still think that there's a way. But anyway, we'll put a pin in that. We'll we'll put that in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) We'll park this. We'll we'll meet in the parking lot. Uh, We'll make the exchange. Everything will be great. So come back next week for the WePod, Girls 5 Eva. If you want to write us, 3FunnyLadies at gmail.com. Follow us on the Insta, 3FunnyLadies. And we're back next week for a WePod. A We of Pod. Um, Bye. Bye.